Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan alongside Amanda C. Stein, and welcome to Speak of the Devils, the new name for our podcast, Amanda, but it's the same great content, and of course, you and me on the question side of things. I am trying to keep up with all the names we've had over the last three months, but yes, this is a, a very specific podcast. Yes, the official, it was the official Devils podcast, then it was the podcast. But today we debut Speak of the Devils. And no one better to speak with than Jack Hughes, who joins us from Michigan. Jack, thanks very much for giving us some of your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. What a year uh, for you, a calendar year from right around this time, a little earlier. Uh, you knew what the draft order was going to be and then making your way to the draft itself in Vancouver, where you're selected first overall, and then everything that happened from there on in to this point. I would think you did a lot of growing up in so many ways uh, during this period of time, no? Yeah, it's definitely been a, uh, a wild year, to say the least. Um, I mean, living at home and a year later, living alone in an apartment right right outside New York City, so. It's obviously a lot different than living at home in Michigan, but um, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And I'm uh, really, really thankful to be in New Jersey now. What was the biggest area for you personally? Forget hockey for a moment, but going through all those things, how are you different now than you were a year ago? Um, obviously more grown up. Um, I almost know what it's like in the real world now in terms of, no longer a high school student, um, actually paying paying rent, uh, like car bills, stuff like that. So, and then trying to find find dinner throughout the year. So, um, it's obviously a lot different, but that's what happens, right? Did it give you a different appreciation for all the things our moms do for us growing up? I mean, we've talked about you making one meal and then saying, "Forget this, I'm going to a restaurant." What about like laundry and stuff like that? A different yeah. appreciation. It's unreal. I mean, I come home and me and Quinn are like getting like breakfast made for us and like getting dinners made for us. And we're like, we're like, God, it's nice at home. Pretty, pretty thankful now. But uh, I think my mom and dad are pretty happy to have all three of us back in the same house. I would think that's the, there's, there's nothing really great that comes out of this situation. I mean, it's a worldwide pandemic, but one of the things that you can hang your hat on, I guess, is the fact that the family has had more time together, I would think, than in years and years and years, given how far flung your careers were and teams you were playing on and things like that. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, a really rare time for all three of us to be in the same house this long. So I think our parents are taking advantage of it for sure and, uh, and really enjoying it, so. It's been it's been nice being home and uh, nice to kind of catch up with them and, and have some really good quality family time. So that's wonderful. And mom's taking care and you're getting the home cooked meals and dad's adding his support. What are you guys doing to help <laughs> them? I mean, are you behind a lawnmower? Or are you out there with a drill or a screwdriver kind of helping around the house? No, we, uh, we bring the entertainment in the house. <laughs> we do that, but... I don't know. We've been helping out building things. We just got a pool put in. So I've been like building, building chairs around here, building things. Um, and then we had to do some yard work, like fill, fill up uh, 
the whole yard with mulch and stuff like that. And we got to landscape this place too, but um, nothing too taxing, I think. I mean, we're kind of first month of quarantine, we were home chilling, um, using our excuse as first time being home in a while for not doing much. So now it's uh, kind of back to reality. But you've always, I would assume, had like a competitive nature even with your brother. So even though you're not playing hockey, none of you are playing hockey right now, I imagine being home all together, that competitive drive is still there. But yeah, yeah, it's whatever we do, it's pretty competitive. Um, been doing a lot of a lot of ping pong, been on the golf course like I told you earlier, um, pretty much every day, so We've been uh, outside with friends and doing a lot of things, but whatever we do, it's very competitive. Uh, this is being recorded, our Speak of the Devils podcast, shortly after Jack had his end-of-season media get-together, and he referenced the fact that he plays a lot of golf to the members of the New Jersey media, and uh, I was jealous to hear that. I mean, I can get out like twice a week, but and maybe I just got to push myself a little bit more, but good on you for getting out that much. Uh, we're going to talk about the draft lottery and the draft and your experiences and what you're thinking about as we get close to the draft lottery in just a minute. But entertainment, what kind of entertainment are the youth kids providing their parents? Because <laughs> you said you're the entertainment. I'm just kind of yeah. curious. I don't know. I mean, some of it is behind closed doors, you could say. Um, and then, I don't know, bringing friends by the house they haven't seen in a while. Um, making jokes. I don't know. It's been good. You know, it's it's pretty – it's different than living on your own in an apartment. I mean, it's always loud here. Someone's always talking. So, I guess it's pretty similar to when I was living at the Schneiders, you could say. <laughs> I thought – and that's a great answer. I thought maybe there was a, a banjo playing skill that we were about to find out no. about or something like that. No that banjos in this house. <laughs> So take us now through roughly this period, going back to the draft lottery last year and then through the period just coming up uh, to the draft. And we know the draft has been pushed off to some future date because of all we're going through. But what was the draft lottery experience like for you? And, and what would you say to players who were considered to be at the top. I mean, I guess Alexi Lafreniere is considered the top guy, but uh, yeah. for those who are at the top and, and what you went through and what they're going to have to deal with as the lottery approaches. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I remember going to the lottery last year. I was like, I, I think I got on a flight like 30 minutes after the, the first pick was announced. So, um, when I was in New Jersey, my head was, like, spinning in terms of, I mean, you're just in shock. Like, you have no clue what's going on, you know. Um, and at the time, I didn't even know if I was going to go first, second, third, whatever it was. But, um, I mean, it's just a crazy time. I mean, these kids have no clue where they're going to be spending a majority of their lives, you know. Um, it's kind of a, it's a place where you could have your kids eventually or make home base 20, 20 30 years down the line, so. It's a, uh, a really special place, uh, a really special place and time. Um, and, I mean, it's very exciting. I remember the draft process was a lot of fun for all my friends and family to kind of come along with the, for the ride, you know. Um, not living vicariously through me, but almost doing that, you know. Um, so, I mean, it was very, 
very special for all of them to be involved, just like me. And um, I had a blast with them. Honestly, I'm, I might be even more pumped up for Luke's draft coming up next year. Now that's, that's fair like, enough. That's because be exciting, yeah. Sure, because family is so important to you. But did you kind of um, look at the teams that are in the lottery and kind of work through before everybody got pulled out of the hat and the numbers and all that sort of stuff? Did, did you do anything like, hmm, good possibility here, but maybe I don't want to go there? Well, I remember like the get- last few nights, like a couple of weeks before the lottery, I was always on that draft simulator, whatever it was. Like I was always on that just – and it's just throwing out a bunch of random stuff, you know, like, what is that? Um, but I mean, in the moment, like the picks are just going off like every 30 seconds. So then they go to like a TV, TV commercial. And then next thing you know, there's three teams, three teams left. And then, then within Chicago, New Jersey and New York, I was like stunned that those were the three teams. Cause I think New Jersey had like the third pick. Uh, Chicago like the 12th and I don't know what the Rangers had but so it was it was crazy like you don't you don't even know what what teams it are but um, I mean it was three great spots and I'm, I'm very excited to be in New Jersey now and I know that my family is is really excited that I'm in New Jersey with a lot of people around so I think it's a, a great spot and, and I'm glad that's the spot. Was there ever a point where you thought I can go number one or I can go number two when you were leading up to the draft years leading up to the draft where you felt that where you were in your career compared to other people, um, you really had a solid chance. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of kids that are before their draft year who want to go, I don't know, top 10, top 15, think that they can get to that spot. But, I guess after U17 challenge, I kind of knew it could have been a legit thing that could have happened. So I kind of dialed that in and wanted it to be the case. And um, coming out of 17 year, going into 18 year, rated as the number one guy, that was my goal to hold on to it. So, I mean, it's hard to do. It's pretty special what that Lafreniere has been able to do this year in terms of go wire to wire, number one. Um, and I'm sure he'll go first overall, but it's, it's hard for him. And there's probably, a lot of things going on. Obviously, you didn't get to finish the year off, but um, he had to go probably work through a lot of things in terms of going wire to wire, number one. So uh, credit to him. And I think that uh, I think that for me, it was, it was very realistic and that's something I wanted to achieve. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did it and, and no one can ever take that away from me. Absolutely. But is there also a point where you can't focus on that in order to be as successful as you want? Like, I guess all the noise in the background of media coverage and all that and hearing your name out there? Or does that just not bother you? I I think it depends who you are and what your personality is, you know? For me, I think that would, that could drive me um, Mm -hmm. and push me. That's, that's what that did. Wanting, wanting to be the guy um, that that pushed me to get better and, and stay the guy. So, I mean, I'm sure there's people that, hear their name and they fall asleep you know um so i mean there's there's plenty of ways to fry fish and uh i think that for me that was that was something that that never distracted me that was more of a a, a, an end goal and something i wanted to achieve so that was uh whether i liked it or not that was always in the back of my mind 
At this point, we'll remind everyone that with the draft lottery on the horizon, the Devils Draft Lottery Show presented by the New Jersey Lottery will be the ultimate NHL Draft Lottery second screen experience for Devils fans. The show will be live on NJD.TV. It will begin for our Black and Red membership group at 7.30. It will also be on all Devils social channels at NJDevils. And it'll feature special guests. We'll have live reactions and breakdowns of the lottery results. Now, the NHL Draft Lottery itself will be televised live on NBCSN and NHL Network. That programming begins at 8 o'clock. And when it's all said and done and we know where the Devils will be selecting, or we think we know, it depends on how uh, it all turns out with the seven teams that are involved in it. At any rate, we will then uh, come back on our social media channels and NJT.TV and review things because it is a little different than last year when it was pretty cut and dry. You knew what your odds were now with teams that are going to play in, but losing the first round, they possibly, uh, their holding spots could result in changes. And I'm confusing myself already by uh, all the permutations that might uh, take place, but at any rate, 7:30 draft lottery show presented by New Jersey lottery. We hope that you will join us. So once what was it like, by the way? I wonder, what was it like behind the scenes? Because you had a chance to be there. I know you referenced the the quick flight out. You were in Finland for, what, the U18s, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but what was that like uh, to kind of see the process, how quick it was? Did you have any idea what all those numbers were about and what all the people were doing there? I mean, I watched it every year um, leading up to – leading up to uh, my draft year. So I had an understanding, but once you're in the moment, you expect to be nervous, I guess. Um, but nervous what for what? You know, you're not a part of any team. Um, I mean, you, you hope for certain teams, but at the end of the day, you have no control of it. So for me, it was, it was mind-blowing how fast it was going, you know. I knew it was a 30-minute show, but um, like I said, picks were coming out every 30 seconds nonstop and you just lose track of which teams are still in the mix um and then like I said you go to commercial and then the three final teams are there and you see the three GMs or representatives um and then the names come out but for me at the time I was very excited and also my mind was going in a million different ways thinking of different scenarios um before and after the show but I mean that was only for that nine-hour flight, and then right when I got to uh, Finland, it was back to business in terms of we uh, we wanted to win a gold medal there, so uh, I kind of put that in the rearview mirror and and focused on that. So it was really for me, it was probably 15 hours of of really thinking about it, and then after all of that, and after Men's Worlds, then you uh, start to think about it again when the combine comes around, and and then the drafts finally there. It was nonstop for you. And then you, you do all those things at the draft itself, the photo ops, uh, the marketing opportunities, you're meeting a thousand people or more. Then you jet across the country and Amanda and I have a chance to do a podcast early one morning in Hoboken. You're like, who are these two people? I just yeah. keep me. I think just, it was like a seven, in the seven o'clock in the morning podcast. That was like the craziest. That was like the draft was crazy. because like, Obviously, a lot of friends and family there wanting to celebrate. But then, like, after the draft, you're just, like, tired from all the media. And then we, we flew to New Jersey, and we were 
on that media tour and that was absurd how many <laughs> things we we did but I mean I know my dad and mom had a lot of fun doing that and we got to see the Yankees play which was sweet um got to do some pretty cool things so I uh that was that was fun too was there a moment in all of the, and I'll put quotes around it, madness, all the frenetic activity where you finally had a moment just alone with your folks and your family to really enjoy the experience? When did that happen? I don't know. I think in the moment, in the moment, like when you first get drafted, that's an unbelievable feeling. Um, I'd l- like you can relate it to your first goal, I guess, but it's it's totally different, a lot different emotions. Um, I mean, when you score your first goal, it's you're kind of just fired up and like really excited. And when you get drafted, you're I felt very thankful and and fortunate, and a lot of emotions flowing out in terms of looking around and seeing a lot of friends that I grew up with, family that helped me get to that point, and just sharing it with them. So. They're two totally different things. But for me, the draft Friday night after all the media, I had all my uh, friends and family, like I think 80 people waiting at a restaurant for uh, for me and my parents and my brothers to walk in. And it was just great going around the room, saying hi to everyone, um, enjoying the moment with them. I mean, that's something my cousins will remember, uh, something some of my best friends will remember something I'll remember. So it was, it was a very special time. Was there ever a moment after all of that where you sat down and were like, all right, who is on this roster? Like, who are these people that I'm going to be playing with and where do I, where can I potentially fit in? No, I, I knew that. I, I kind of did do my due diligence in terms of looking at the rosters, certain scenarios, whether it's the Rangers, the, the Hawks or the, uh, the Devils. But I was, I was confident it would be the devil, so I was kind of locked down on But um, I mean, yeah, like it, it lasts. It lasts for a few days. It's great, but then the drafts what like June twenty second something. I mean, come yeah. June twenty eighth, it's like okay, like fantasy lands over. You're back to work. Like you got dev camp in a week. Um, you got to gear up for that. So it's great for a few days, and then and then you're back to reality, and it's it's that's in the rearview mirror, and it's time to make the team and, and be an impact player. So that was my mindset, and I'm sure it's everyone else's mindset too. I know we've asked you this question many times, and other people have asked you this question too, but going into a team where someone like Nico was there, who just two years before you was in a similar situation, joining a new team as a number one pick, what did that do maybe in terms of having someone that could potentially relate to that situation so you know from such a close experience if you wanted to talk to them should that be the case yeah um it was it was good but like Nico's only two years older than me and yeah it's not like I was going to Nico for advice you know he's one of my good really good buddies we I'm we talked about plenty of other things other than that you know um so I mean we had we had other things to talk about than that, you could say. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think Nico's definitely a guy I can lean on. But, um, I mean, he's a great dude. And I know if I need something, he'll be there for me. Do you feel lucky that you went into a locker room where there is a lot of young guys? I mean, there's a healthy balance of both? Yeah, I'm very fortunate. On In terms of 
on ice. Um, hopefully we'll be a, a young team that can turn into a, a really good team and, and build it up um, with all the young pieces we have. And then in terms of off the ice, we have a, a lot of good, a lot of good dudes on the team that are young that I like to hang out with and, and go to dinner with and stuff like that. So we got a really good group and uh, I'm excited for that. And I mean, I hope, I hope that we can start to build something up and, and become a special organization again. Well, Jack, you'll be at the forefront of that drive. We thank you very much for joining us on the first newly named Speak of the Devils podcast. We appreciate your insights. It's an exciting time for the franchise mm -hmm. because they're going to get another building block. It's just a matter of where that selection will take place, and maybe yeah. the Devils will have the number one pick again. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. And by the way, there's still plenty of time this summer to pick up a banjo. Just saying. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll, I'll think about I'll it. I'll look into that. All right, we'll see you guys. All right, Jack, thank you very Bye, much. Dad. So don't forget the Devil's Draft Lottery Show presented by the New Jersey Lottery taking place as uh, we will have it covered from all angles. We'll have special coverage beginning at 7.30 for our Black and Red members on Friday. And, of course, after the draft lottery itself, which is on NBCSN and the NHL Network, we'll come back again. We'll have live guests. We'll have special guests. We'll break it all down. It'll be on NJD.TV and our social channels at NJ Devils. And I know, Amanda, a lot of excitement in the air, and you've been able to get a taste of it up close uh, I'm looking for, you know, I've never been to the draft other than the one that was at Prudential Center. And really? so, yeah, no. Um, how how and, have I beat you at this? <laughs> I, well, I'll say I'm glad you did, but hopefully when we do have the draft and people are allowed to go again, I, like who knows what the future holds, I'll be able to be there in person and experience it again. And uh, it's it just, I know you had the excitement of, of seeing all those number one picks and uh, just a, a I miss Nico. I miss Nico by a couple of weeks before yep. before I got hired by the team. But I went to obviously the other two with Ty Smith and now um, Jack Hughes. And obviously it was a bit different with Jack because it was right off the top, and we weren't sure. Like I didn't know exactly which way the team was leaning or what was going to happen. And so it was a really exciting moment. But because he was being drafted first overall and I had to be so ready I was like kind of behind the stage and didn't really see much because I had to be ready for whoever was coming out but certainly you could tell on his face how excited he was but also this like oh my gosh like what is about to happen and it really was a whirlwind like he said you could tell he was tired after uh, the couple days well, we had, uh, of course, draft lottery parties outside of Prudential Center, and I was there for both of them. And, you know, the Nico versus Nolan thing was going on. And when Nico's name was announced, the place went crazy. I think overwhelmingly Devils fans wanted Nico Heischer to be selected. And now I think everyone would be uh, of a unanimous opinion that that was the right choice. And then when Marty Brodeur stepped up in Vancouver to announce that they were taking Jack, you know, the, the concourse, the championship plaza, it just, it just exploded in sound. I'm wondering, you know, we see it on TV, but what's the reaction in the arena when the first pick is made? Obviously, the family's excited and the table's excited, but is there a buzz? Well, like, I, I oh, Jack Hughes so. went number one to, you know, I to the Devils? So. 
And I wonder if it's also because his brother, you know, the draft was in Vancouver and his brother had been drafted. So it was a little bit more potentially of a familiar name to the fans that were there, the Vancouver fans that were there. But I mean, as Jack was telling us, you know, he had so many people there. So they really filled up that bowl with uh, the excitement. And that's really what it's about. It's how the, the family reacts and you can see the relief on everyone's face that it's over and that they don't have to sit there for too long. So, um, but yeah, there's, I think there's always a sense of excitement when a player is picked first overall. I think the first draft I ever went to was the 2009 draft in Montreal. Um, and I went as a fan at that point and the Canadians were picking like a lot later, but I just remember the excitement of the first overall pick being made just because we hear so much about it leading up to, you know, who's going to go number one. And it's kind of this sense of, of accomplishment for the, for all the fans of the NHL to say like, okay, that's the, that's the number one guy. So. Yeah. In 2013, uh, it was what Nathan McKinnon who got Mm -hmm. selected number one overall. And that was a pretty cool thing uh, to see the building react to that. Anyway. um, Hey, on to our next guest. Oh, you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say, where were you watching the lottery? Like the Jack Hughes lottery? Because that to me was the craziest part because it was so unexpected in terms of the, the percentage that the devils would get that first overall pick. Do you remember? Yeah, we were out to dinner, uh, a family dinner. And one of the rules in my children, even though they're men now, would tell you, uh, dad always says, phone's not at the table, but Uh-oh. we had to make an exception. We had to make an exception. Uh, and it was pretty cool because a lot of people at the restaurant were also tuned in uh, to see what went on. And so as my phone is, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it, there was like a buzz that kind of went around the restaurant because it was here locally. It was in New Jersey. It was in my hometown here. So, or the town where I live now. Um, and so it was pretty cool to see other people react. And uh, so that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And the devils realized they were going to have that number one pick. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and hopefully we get to experience something like that again, because uh, it looks like it's a very good draft. And at the top is uh, the creme de la creme, Alexi Lafreniere. Well, uh, that gives us a transition moment here to bring in our next guest on Speak of the Devils, our newly named podcast. But as I said earlier at the introduction of Jack Hughes, same hosts, same great content. It's time to welcome in Nico Heischer. Nico, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So catch up our fans as to some of the things you're doing. We're going to get into the uh, draft lottery a little bit. I know you recently concluded a news conference with the media that covers the Devils. And the interesting topic, I think, for most of those who are on board is how you're spending your summer. Why don't you just fill us in a little bit? Yeah. uh, So first, when I got back, uh, was like the kind of long wait and what was going on with our season. And um, I was staying there first for like six weeks uh, with my family. It was actually pretty nice because my brother was there, my sister, the whole family was together. That doesn't happen that often. So uh, I really enjoyed it. But uh, so after that, uh, I'm right now doing my my, my mandatory military service that takes uh, 18 weeks. So always from Monday to Friday, I'm in, in a training center center and uh, I'm 
and I'm able to work out there and that uh, we have like some some little stuff we have to do for the army but we we can't really do everything because still of the the rules we have because of coronavirus such a different experience from the U.S. military I think those who uh, followed up and, and read what you said to the local media are probably curious as well. Like, so when you come to the United States or when you came to North America, I mean, you were playing in Halifax and maybe it wasn't part of your, you know, view, but when you did come to New Jersey, finally, like, did you get a sense this military is a lot different than the one I'm going to eventually be a part of or, or work out with? Yeah, no, no. I, but obviously I knew that. Uh, it's not, it's not that I didn't know that. And, um, it's I don't know, if, but people should know it as well. It's it's not the same uh, in Switzerland, so uh, it's it's different. Yeah, you're a neutral country, Amanda. Nico, would you have been able to do the 18 weeks had we not had this pause? Was there a way to get out of the full 18 weeks? How would you have been able to do that? So that's that's the thing too for our like athletes, military. It's so. For example, it would have started in the middle of April, and uh, either way, I would be still playing New Jersey, or I will be probably going for the World Championship with Switzerland, and uh, they obviously know that as well, so I, w I would not be there, and uh, as soon as I, my season would be done, if right. the World Championship is done, or then I had to, had to come, and but... It wouldn't be like, okay, you missed the first seven weeks. You have to redo that again. Gotcha. It would be just like, okay, you're here now and you keep going from here. Do you feel really fortunate in a way to also have had access to gyms and maybe the ice surface that other people in your profession might not have had access to given the climate of the world right now? Yeah, no, that's that's what, uh, what I said too. Like there was... My, my thoughts was, I need to stay in shape. Uh, gyms are closed. Uh, I don't know, like, obviously we had some stuff at home, but it wasn't enough, let's say that. And uh, it was good for like a couple of weeks, but uh, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I need to go somewhere where I can really like have a gym and uh, be able to, to get some good workouts in. And uh, then, the army came and that this was the perfect solution at that point and uh, it still is uh, so I can do my my mandatory military service that uh, yeah everybody needs to do it in Switzerland so uh, then I can can be doing that and stay in shape at the same time. Does that mandatory service begin when you turn 21 because you did turn 21 in January so is that is that when the clock starts no. counting so to speak no no it starts uh well it starts basically when you're 18 you you'll get a letter uh to do something and uh then it takes a little bit so usually usually when you're like 20 some people it, it always depends like between 19 and 24 there's always like people starting the military right in in there so it always depends what they're doing, if they're going to school or if they're taking a year off, then they probably do the military service. So you you can kind of decide for yourself. 
Well, let's turn our attention to the draft lottery, which is this Friday. And we want to remind all the listeners that the Devils Draft Lottery Show, presented by the New Jersey Lottery, will be the ultimate NHL draft lottery second screen experience for all Devils fans. Now, the show will be live on NJD.TV and on all Devils social channels at NJ Devils. And we'll have special guests, live reactions, breakdowns of the lottery results. We're going to start at 7.30 with a special edition for our Black and Red members. Of course, the NHL draft lottery itself will be on NBCSN and the NHL Network beginning at 8 o'clock. And then we'll come back afterward and we'll discuss where the Devils are and uh, what lies ahead as we make our way to the draft, which at this point, of course, is unknown. So, Nico, as we are approaching the draft lottery, different time of the season than when it occurred when you were in your draft eligibility, but what memories do you have of that year toward the end in Halifax and all the rankings that are coming out and, you know, who might be number one? And then you find out the Devils have that first pick. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, obviously good memories, but uh, all I have in my head was, uh, I remember I was on vacation when the draft lottery was, and uh, I remember talking about uh, staying up late and uh, look at life or just go to bed and wake up and see what happens. And at the end, I decided me uh, to just go to bed. And uh, that was, for me, it was the easier thing to do. So uh, I remember that I was, I was there. Uh, I was in Italy. I went to bed and woke up in the morning and obviously first thing I uh, took out the phone and uh, looked it up and uh, saw New Jersey at the pick and from from there it was like okay so now we know who's going to pick first and all that but like I always said it I still didn't know till the last second or till they, they called my name they're going to pick me so it was just like more a uh, vision of okay first three, four, five teams, like, who are they? And then, so it was, it was actually pretty fun. It was, like I said, it was a day I, I, won't, I won't forget. So there was, of course, that conversation as to would you go number one, Nico or Nolan, et cetera, Philadelphia as the second pick, Nolan Patrick, the player that we're referring to. But I'm wondering if you started to look at rosters and see what the future was and who was – you know, in the front office, did you start to do some scouting, if you will, on those top teams, not knowing where you might go, but you would go somewhere mm -hmm. in the early part of it? No. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think it's normal. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody would do it. So obviously I kind of looked at, uh, yeah, I, I looked where it is, uh, who's playing there. And, but most of the time you kind of know who's playing there because you're obviously following the NHL for, for a couple of years already, so or for a long time. So uh, it was just, yeah, making a first impression. And uh, But it's always hard. Uh, I think you have to be there to, to be really get this real feeling. At what point did you maybe think like, oh, I have a shot at going number one? And maybe how much did your experience in the queue help you to get to that point yeah um i mean it was probably over social media i guess like people start talking about it and uh but i always i always had confidence obviously and uh 
I, I wanted to come over to Halifax and improve my game and uh, get better and uh, try to get my chances in, in the draft and uh, try to make my dream come true to playing in the NHL. And uh, I had a really good year in Halifax. I could learn a lot of things. Uh, the great coach with, with Andre Tournier and uh, so all that uh, was, was perfect for me. And uh, it really helped me a lot. As a Swiss kid who comes over to Canada and then all of a sudden you're hearing your name on social media, what was that like in terms of maybe seeing your name a lot more in North America? Uh, it was weird a little bit. Uh, I was, I mean, uh, same in Switzerland. Uh, I left kind of Switzerland as a kid and uh, when I got back it was was a big hype and uh, but it's probably it's just that one thing that you have to get used to it I think and it's it's not a bad thing so uh, I mean it's it's not always easy either so uh, it's, there's like positive and negative things but uh, at the end of the day it is like it's part of it and uh, I got used to it so it's no problem for me anymore. We understand, I think, the positives. What were the hardest things? I mean, hard is probably too much when I say hard things. Uh, it's just more like, let's say, uh, it's not like they bothering you or anything like that. But let's say if you're like having dinner with your family in a restaurant and uh, you can't, you're eating and you kind of want to have some time with your family and then if there would be always a guy coming and asking for something obviously i would like i would like to do it and like i like to to make those people happy and there's no problem and i understand it but maybe like okay maybe wait till uh, we uh, got the dinner done or, or something like that but so i wouldn't say like hard things so it's just like little things sometimes you you would like to okay there's just, I would say every athlete would say that, that like at some point, like they they love to have their, um, how do you say, their their time kind of like, but it's it's not bad at all. Like, uh, I don't mind it. No, I, I, and I think the way you've reacted uh, throughout your time in New Jersey proves that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, you, you are a person outside of, Nico Heischer, the player, and sometimes those lines get blurred. And, you know, uh, I think most people do respect it, but you're right. You know, if you're about to dig into that appetizer and somebody comes over for a picture, hey, <laughs> I'll yeah. take the picture, but I'd like to eat my hot appetizer. Can we do this yeah. in, a, in 45 no, minutes? But it's not, it's, it's not like that it bothers me. It's just, yeah. it's like, I, I wouldn't be like, hey, no, go away. You know what I mean? I would still be like, yeah, no problem, which I, it, it actually is no problem, but it's just like sometimes like. Yeah, it's just a change. It's different. Oh, no, I understand. I don't, I don't think anyone listening I, I thinks. I wasn't used to it, so it's just weird for me at the beginning. Let's say Absolutely. Yes, that, that's the best way. I don't think anyone listening uh, thinks you don't want to do it, and anyone who's met you realizes that you do, and you do it freely. So I don't want that to be any yeah. misconception. No, you, it's, just, it's just different. It's just a change. Um, yeah. What was your scouting report of those teams? I'm wondering, what did you think about the Devils as you were kind of going through that lineup, uh, thinking they might pick you in that number one spot? 
Yeah, uh, I remember um, seeing Saka on the lineup. Uh, I remembered him from uh, playing against him and uh, on the Racing World Championship. And uh, obviously, Taylor Hall, I remember him. Cause my first NHL game I ever watched was in uh, Ottawa and Edmonton played there. So, I re- But uh, obviously, I knew a couple other guys too, say Jack, I, Greeny, all these guys been there for a long time. Schneitz was in Switzerland as well. So it was, was a lot of guys that I like knew from seeing, obviously not from person, but Nico, we're just having a little, I mean, we heard you, but I I don't know if you're covering the microphone a little bit. But anyway, the answer was fine. Uh, should I say it again? No, it's good, but we got you nice and loud and clear, and that's great. Uh, so <laughs> take us, no, that's okay. What's the difference? What's the difference between Nico Heischer then and Nico Heischer now? What do you mean? Before the draft? Yeah, well, yeah, just, you know, the, the kid who was finishing up in the queue, uh, wound up being number one, and now here you are, uh, yeah. one of the young veterans of the team, and, and you know, Jack Hughes has come in, he's the youngest kid on the team, that type of deal. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, just like you said, I feel, I don't feel like the youngest anymore. Uh, I feel, feel more experienced, uh, feel more comfortable. Uh, everywhere in the ring um, and uh, yeah just I just feel like I feel good you know like just like I'm happy where I am I, I enjoy to come to the ring every day and that's that's one thing I really want like coming to the ring with a smile and uh, seeing all the boys and uh, just having fun and and uh, Obviously, you're having some success together. That's that's what I'm looking for. How great has it been for you in the sense that you're in a locker room where there are quite a few veterans, but the core of the team is pretty much around your age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe slightly older, to not only have that to grow as a team on the ice, but to have that off the ice where your guys, your guys who can, you know, live in the same type of lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah it's i mean but it, i i always think and i'm still think that that like this is a good mix you know like yeah. a lot, of course we're a lot of young guys but we have some really good veterans that have been through a lot of things and know a lot of things from the league and playoffs and all that and uh for us it's more uh it's it's an opportunity for us to take as many things as possible from from those players that are, let's say maybe in their last couple of years and uh, who had already a great uh, career, and uh, just going to the rink, watch watch them what they're doing on and off the ice, and because uh, they know all exactly um, how it's done, and uh, they've been doing it for a long long time, so. Uh, we we should see it as an opportunity for us younger guys and uh, try obviously to do our job as well like they do theirs since long time and uh, that's that's real impressive for me. For whoever the Devils will select, 
and it could be the number one pick again. Uh, We'll see this Friday when the draft lottery takes place. What would you say to those who are among the top players? This is what you will find if the Devils draft you. This is what you are coming to. Uh, I would say, just like I always said at the beginning for me, it was just coming to New Jersey and uh, meeting all those people. It's it's like a warm feeling. It's like you really feel like somebody, like they want you and uh, uh, they take good care of you. And uh, But coming in there, you know, they have history. Uh, they have expectation. Uh, obviously, you're going to have pressure, but uh, that's normal. And uh, people in the locker room care. Uh, they really want to have success and uh, we really want to build something up and uh, that's just it would be really I would be again happy to be in a spot coming into Jersey and uh, being part of the the team that's that's coming and uh, being a part of it as well and just yeah just from the top to the locker room like I always said it's like Everybody has respect from each other. Everybody's in one boat, and uh, that's that's what I think a really good organization needs to be, and uh, that's what I feel here in New Jersey. So if you didn't stay up for your own draft lottery, I imagine you won't <laughs> for this one either, but get up in the morning and be sure that might be the first thing that you check. <laughs> exactly, I would say that. I'll probably do the same. From a playing standpoint from an on ice standpoint about what the future may hold for the New Jersey Devils when we do get to see the Devils back out on the ice what would you tell that prospect what yeah you talked about the room and the caring and the desire to win when would you tell him he can expect that stuff to start happening and what's building here yeah, well, first, uh, that's always, but I think everybody knows that already. As soon as you get drafted, it's, it's, uh, obviously, it's an experience, but then you have to start working. Uh, you're not, you're not uh, there where you want to be, but you're, you're on a good way to go there. And, uh, I will tell me, like, now that, like, kind of the work starts. If you put in the work, uh, you can, you, you're going to be a big part of, of this team in the future and uh, those kind of players that understand that uh, those are those players we need need to to have so uh, that's probably the biggest thing here's what the fans want to know when is that going to start happening on a regular basis when can this player whenever he joins the devils along with the rest of what's building here when do you how close are the devils when is it going to start happening on a regular consistent basis building how confident are you yeah for me uh i always say it's it can happen as sooner as people expect it that's my answer it's a great answer people want it now no doubt about it i know Amanda, any question as we kind of wrap up our time here with Nico? No, I think we got, you know, the best of it. Maybe the final one would be, because we haven't actually talked about your draft day, but you had that unique situation where you weren't in the crowd. They had you like, they were trying something new, right? So where you were like behind a curtain in a private room at a table with all the other draft picks. 
I mean, what was that like when you heard your name called and you really had that moment with your family? Yeah, they did uh, something like the NBA, I think, and they tried it one time. Mm -hmm. You have to pick up the, uh, the devil's cap as well. So it was it was really weird because from watching watching from TV to draft, it was always different. And uh, for me, honestly, it was it was just like we didn't. So when I got out there, it was the first time I saw like the rink and all those people. Oh really? Like, yeah, we just did. But maybe it's a good thing too. So it took like some, some uh, nervousness away. Some nervousness out of me because it was just like my family on the table and then the other prospects. So it was just a, you thought like you, your couple people are here, but then as soon as you got out of stage, you saw like the big crowd. So, but uh, at the end of the day, it was that the family is there that counts, and they were there as well. So uh, didn't really matter. Well, uh, a day that any player dreams of, very few were able to get there. You were. The Devils certainly pleased that uh, they were able to select you. And we'll see what happens this Friday at the draft lottery, who will be joining Nico Heischer and the rest of the New Jersey Devils. Nico, hope you have a great rest of the summer. Thanks for giving us so much of your time. Yep. Thank you, guys. And Amanda, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, boy, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer can't ask for a better duo. That's right. We uh, also can't ask for a better opportunity to draft first overall two times in three years. So there you go. So maybe there'll be a little luck on the devil side this time, and uh, we can add a third number one pick. Again, don't forget the Devil's Draft Lottery Show presented by the New Jersey Lottery will be the ultimate NHL Draft Lottery second screen experience for Devils fans. The show will be live on NJD.TV and all Devils social channels at NJ Devils. We'll feature special guests. We'll have live reactions, breakdowns of the lottery results. We'll start a special show at 7.30 for our Black and Red members. The draft lottery itself, of course, on NBCSN and the NHL Network begins at 8 o'clock. And when it's all said and done, we'll be back on NJD.TV and our social channels with reaction, et cetera, and more. And on that note, we'll wrap up today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your company. Until the next time, for Amanda C. Stein, I'm Matt Lachlan. Thanks for listening. Be well, everyone. Bye-bye.